chapter number 24 that's Matthew chapter 24 hallelujah you know for quite some time now it's been in my spirit uh, that we are living out and I've said this many times we're living out the first three chapters of the book of Revelation where Jesus instructs the Apostle John to warn his churches not the world. The Gospels were talking about repenting to the world and to the sinner. In the book of Revelation, he starts dealing with the church. Read your Bible and you'll see that. To warn his churches to do what? Repent. Amen. And I encourage every one of you to read chapters 1 through 3. Because we are, you are, and I am the church. Amen. So everything you read in those first three chapters, he's talking to you. Hallelujah. The really, really, the Lord started dealing with me on this subject really last September when he told me to teach on the series of the purpose of the local church. How many of you remember that series? In particular, the purpose of HCCC. Because we don't have no control over other churches. We have control over our church, right? Amen. See, he deals with every church individually in those chapters. He's dealing with the churches individually now. But I'm telling you, this church is listening. Amen. Then on, on, in January of this year, <clears throat> the Lord put another message in my spirit. And you may remember this in about divine acceleration. 
uh, how many were here for that teaching? And then ever since the, the beginning of the year, the Lord has been giving me message after message, uh, challenging all of us to come up higher, challenging all of us to change our lives for the better, challenging all of us to do more for the expansion of God's kingdom. How many of you know it's not just about you? It's about getting others into God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning. This is where this has been leading up to. Because this is the message we have this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about living ready for Jesus' return. Living ready for Jesus' return. Hallelujah. Notice I didn't say getting ready. I said living ready. Uh, living ready is a whole lot different than just getting ready. Getting ready is uh, hearing God's word. Living ready is being a doer of God's word. Hallelujah. Living ready for Jesus' return. You know, the Bible tells us that no man knows the day or the hour that Jesus is going to come back. Mark 13, 32 says that only God really has that information. Mm -hmm. But God did give us many signs in his word that would point to the coming of the Lord, saying that different things were going to happen. And then he said, when you see these things happening, know that my coming is near. Hallelujah. In other words, we are, my brother and sister, looking at what's going on in our world today. How many of you notice any changes in the world today? How many of you know? How many of you notice that more and more darkness is in the world today? How many of you know more and more people are turning away from the Word of God and going around looking for other teachers and other prophets they can listen to that tell them how good they are and that they can live like they want to? Uh, these are messages that we are not going to listen to, and we definitely ain't going to preach them here. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible also tells us, even though we don't know the day or hour, and nobody does, but we can know the season in his of his coming. Uh, and let me say this. He is coming, and he is coming very, very soon, and I'm going to show you that in the word today. <clears throat> the Bible also tells us that before Jesus is returned to this earth, that the uh, rapture of the church will take place, and then there will be seven years of tribulation. Like, uh, and that's going to be a tribulation. The Bible says that like the world's never seen before. Amen. And we know, and you, you should know, if you've been around the body of Christ long enough, you, you, you should know uh, that the rapture is going to take place. I mean, how many of you have heard that the rapture's coming? Amen. We all know that, right? Yes. The word rapture, doesn't even appear, appear in the Bible. How many of you knew that? But it is referred to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, as being caught up 
to meet Jesus in the air. So we know before the tribulation comes that there will be a rapture or a catching away of the body of Christ. Uh, amen. I know that and I believe it. Why? Because God said it. I believe what the Bible tells me. And we'll talk about that more in, this, in, in the near future. Matter of fact, two weeks from now, uh, God's already given me a title of the, that uh, message, and it's going to be titled The Rapture of the Church, so you don't want to miss that one. Amen. Amen. I don't think anybody ought to miss anything God's bringing forth right now. Amen. Amen. I think that's why he told us to, in the last days, we should not forsake the gathering of the saints together, but we ought to be getting together more often. Amen. So I look forward to seeing all you that are sitting in these chairs on Sundays here on Wednesday night. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Don't amen if you ain't going to be here because that's a lie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you can amen by faith. Glory to God. It is so important in this day and hour, my brother and sister, that we're living ready to go with the Lord. Amen? Mm. Did you know? This is some good information. I loved it when I read this. So how many of you know you need to learn something every time you open a book? Amen. Uh, did you know that the scholars have identified 1,845 different references in the Bible concerning the second coming of Christ? Did you know that the Old Testament, that there's no less than 17 books that mention Christ's return? And also in the New Testament, that authors have uh, spoke of the coming of Christ in 23 of 27 books. In other words, almost 25% of all the text in the book that's in your lap, Deal with the coming with well, Jesus is coming back and setting up his kingdom on this earth. So I find it absolutely amazing that today in the body of Christ that very few people are even talking about it. It should be the number one thing on our minds right now. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you and I are not only going to uh, recognize the things that are coming uh, on this earth before the catching away. We're also going to see in God's word what it's going to, uh, that it takes to live ready so that we are caught away. Amen. 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 It's called being qualified. There's qualifications in God's word to be raptured. So let's begin here in, in Matthew 24, and we'll dissect God's word. Amen. I didn't say interpret it. I said dissect it. In Matthew 24, this is Jesus speaking. He says uh, in verse number three, he said, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and when will be, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of this age? He didn't say the world was going to come to an end, did he? Just this age. Yeah. How many of you know what age we're living in? Everybody say the age of grace. 
Amen. This is the church age or the age of grace. Look at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Notice the first thing that Jesus said was to make sure you're not deceived. So many people today are being deceived. They're being deceived by false doctrines, false prophets, false teachers, false ideologies, and there, there's such a, de, a deception in the body of Christ that many are falling away from the truth. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 5. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and, I, and they will deceive many. That's a double warning. He just warned you the second time that don't be deceived. Verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, plural, pestilences, plural, earthquakes, plural, in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Sorrows in the Greek, uh, Greek means birthing pains. How many of you, uh, well, I ain't going to say how many of you. All you women know what it means to have birthing pains. <laughs> if I, nowadays, you don't ask just a general question. There could be some men raise your hand. <laughs> and listen, as the baby gets closer, <laughs> I need to move on from that one. As the baby gets closer, guess what? Do the birthing pains get stronger and harder and more intense? That's where we're at right now in this world. The sorrows are getting more and more. I never would have thought that we would have had people burning buildings down and rioting and looting in our streets. That's always something that I thought was going on in a third world country. I would have never thought that the crime rate would have been raised in this country and then the governments in some city saying, we're just going to release murderers with a, on their own recognizance. Are you kidding me? The Bible says gross darkness will fill the earth. We're seeing that right now. Hmm. The Bible says so it, the same thing will be before the coming of the Lord. We will see the birthing pains. Or our sorrows increased. Because that's what Jesus said. And we just went over this the last couple of weeks. That when God or Jesus says something. It is. There's no changing it. Now drop down to verse number 32. And Jesus tells us in Matthew the, uh, 30, uh, 24, 32, he says, Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that the summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, underline that, that means pay attention. Assuredly, I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away 
shall all these things take place. Notice Jesus says, when you and I see all these things, know that his coming is near. Then he puts an exclamation point on it. Saying this generation, everybody say this generation. This generation, the one that's alive at this time when all these things, we see all these things taking place. That generation will see the coming of the Lord. Are you with me? When is that generation? Thank you. I got two nows and the rest of you just looking at me like deer in the headlights. You need to know now is that generation. Amen. I'm going to prove that to you. Just stay with me. I may shove you off in the dish, but I'll help you get out. Amen. He says, Jesus said, when you see all these things, know that my coming is near. You might say, yeah, well, Pastor, but there's always been wars. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been plagues and pestilences on this planet. Matter of fact, all these things have been going on quite continually for many, many years. So how can we say that, in the, that this verse of Scripture pertains to you and I, Pastor, in 2022? I'm glad you asked. Well, the significance and the reason why could be found in verse number 32. It says, and this was Jesus talking, he says, Know the parable of the fig tree. Who can tell me in, in the Bible what the fig tree represents? Everybody say Israel. The fig tree represents the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. Israeli, listen to me now. Israel, if, if the fig tree represents Israel, Israel became a nation in May of 1948. And he said, when the fig tree blooms, or better yet, when the people gather together and form a nation and become a nation, Jesus said, the generation that's alive to see that event take place will not pass away. How many of you know, by a show of your hands, that we are that generation? Amen. Two of you. All right. So this is the one fact that separates you and I and this generation from all those generations that was before us. Amen. You know, someone could have read the Bible 100 years ago and said, we're living in the last days. Matter of fact, I've been telling you that for at least six years. Amen. We're living in the last days. And, you know, if they, even if that person said it 100 years ago, they would have been partially right. But see, they didn't see Israel being birthed as a nation, which is, my brothers and uh, sisters, the most significant bit of information. Amen. Remember, Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour. But watch this. We can know the season, and we can know the signs of the times. And believe me, my brothers and sisters, if a person is just halfway spiritual, they ought to be sensing in their spirit that something's about ready to happen. Jesus said, the generation that lives to see Israel become a nation will not pass before he comes. Have you and I lived to see this? Yes. 
So I believe you and I will not see natural death. Now, we could get killed in a car wreck or die of some disease, but I'm talking about a natural death. My life will not pass away naturally before I see the coming of the Lord. Amen. And if nothing else, I'm believing that by faith. <laughs> I'm ready. I said, I'm ready. How about you? You ready? Amen. Notice again that the Bible says the generation that sees these things happen shall not pass away. So the question is, what's a generation? Well, I did a little research. Hallelujah. And see, if we can find out how long a generation is and then add that to Israel becoming a nation, we can know just about what time it's going to be. Couldn't we? Now, I know nobody knows the day or the hour. I'm not predicting anything, right? Amen. But we can know the season when Jesus is coming back. Don't turn there. But in Psalms chapter 90, verse 10, write that down. It says the number of our days is 70 to 80 years. I think she got it on the board, don't she? Amen. The number of our days is 70 to 80 years. So if you took 80 years and added it to when Israel became a nation, 1948, who's a good mathematician in here? You get 2028. And we're talking about the coming back of Jesus. He comes back at the end of tribulation. Amen? The rapture's before the tribulation. So he's coming back at the end of tribulation. Amen? Which is what? Seven years. So take that seven years off of 2028. What do you get? 2021. Thank you for your help. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's already passed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it was wrong again, Pastor. <laughs> Here's the thing. Israel became a nation in 1948. But their first parliamentary session, their parliament wasn't seated until 1949. Their first parliamentary session was February 14th, 1949, to be exact. So then you add the 80 years of 1949, you get gets us to what? 2029. Take that seven same years away from 2029. We're there, baby. <laughs> We're there. We're there. Hmm. And again, I am no way predicting Jesus is coming back this year. But you know what? I'm going to live ready. Amen. Matter of fact, I, I don't. I, I, most theologians and Bible scholars think that the the the, the trumpet that's going to sound. I'm, I don't want to get into my message two weeks from now, but. The trumpet's going to sound on, uh, at the same, about the same time as the Feast of Trumpets, okay? Well, the Feast of Trumpets was already passed, too. It was September 26th, I think. So it's passed, too, so we got a little more grace, right? But it just shows you that the time is near. Amen. So I can honestly tell you, I don't think we're going to be here another 20, 30 years. I just don't, not according to the scriptures. 
70, 80 years is a generation. He says the generation that sees Israel become a nation, that generation that saw that's going to will see the coming of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I said praise God. Everybody's ready to say praise God. I'm, I'm ready to get rid of this old corruptible body. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? That, that, that astounded me. See, that's one of them uh, aha moments when you start really studying out the word of God and you start dissecting it and you start looking up these things. Man, I just got all excited. I wanted to go in there and just grab a hold of Miss Brenda and say, hang on, baby, we're fixing to leave. <laughs> Amen. But no man knows the day or the hour. And guess what? We're still here. Hallelujah. Let's see all these signs, all these things that Jesus is telling us to watch for, all of his warnings, all these things that are in the Bible that you're supposed to be reading. They're in there for a reason. And what I'm trying to get over to you, my brothers and sisters, even though we may not know the day or the hour, based on these scriptures, like I said, it's not going to be another 20, 30 years. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's coming soon. You better live ready. Amen. Now, go back to uh, well, just we're going to be in Matthew 24 for a while. Amen. And again, I'm not setting dates. I want, all I want us to see is how close we really are. How you and I need to reach out to our families. Everybody in here may be saved, but we all know somebody that it ain't. Amen. Amen. And as I told you the get-go, this ain't just about you. You're supposed to be going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creation or every creature. That means other human beings. Amen? Amen. And there's some in our there's some people in our families that even though they're good people, don't get me wrong, and I'm not judging anybody, but there's people in our families that are good people, but according to what we're going to learn in the Word of God, they're not living ready. And again, I'm not judging them. The Bible is going to judge all of us. I, and here's what I tell most folks, and I'm trying to hurry. How are you, how's your relationship with the Lord biblically? Not in your own mind. Because you ask 99.9% uh, .9 of the people out on the street if they're a Christian, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know God. Well, everybody knows God. I didn't ask you that. How is your relationship with him? I don't want to give too much away, but there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus himself says, uh, I never knew you. Not that you didn't know about me. You've been in Sunday school, you know about me. He said, but I never knew you. In other words, you didn't have a relationship with me. You're just going to church. I added that last part. Hallelujah. But we have family we need to reach out to. We have to be right ourselves. I see you when you're here on Sundays. I don't see you during the week. But let me give you a little bit of information. God does. 
God sees how you're living out there. Amen. Amen. We need to separate ourselves from sin. In other words, you and I need to get our lives and our households in order. Because I'm telling you, Jesus could come back at any moment. He could come before we finish this service today. Everybody say, I hope so. Hallelujah. You need to be ready. And you can be ready. Amen? There's no excuse not to be ready, especially if you go to this church. I've been challenging you, most of you, for five and six years now. And most of you have answered the challenge. And you've let Jesus start changing you from the inside out. You're starting to meditate on his word more. You're starting to talk his word more. Amen? Amen. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. But there may be some choir members that are still on the fence. I'm going to get you off the fence. Amen. Amen. I had no idea you was going to get this today, did you? Well, that's when, what God's been leading us up to. He's been preaching to us for over a year now about the same thing. Be ready, be ready, be ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 24, verse number 36. This is why we need to stay ready. We need to live ready. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Notice Jesus didn't say of the year and the month that nobody knows. He says the day or the hour of God's return. My advice to everyone is you better be living for his return. I believe the trumpet could sound and Jesus could snatch us up out of here at any moment. Amen. And you don't want to be here when the tribulation takes place. You don't want to be left behind. I had a preacher's son tell me one time, well, Brother John, this is back before I became a preacher. He said, Brother John, I believe God's going to want me to stay here so I can preach during the tribulation. I said, are you stupid? <laughs> That's ignorant. God don't want nobody here during the tribulation. He had no idea to see this young man. Did had no idea the hell that's going to be on this planet during the tribulation. Amen. You want to know? Start with chapter 5 of Revelation and read all the way through to chapter 20. Amen. You want to know? Read your Bible. It ain't going to be good. Ain't going to be fun. Amen. You don't want to be left behind. Jesus says in verse 21 of this chapter that there will be a great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. And no, no, shall there ever be a greater tribulation than what's going to happen. So what's going to happen on this planet for seven, a seven-year period is going to be far worse than anyone could ever imagine. My brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm endeavoring to help you. I'm not trying to scare people into the kingdom of God. I'm trying to show you that the time is short and we all need to be living ready. 
So Jesus says in verse 36, but only at that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Verse 37, but as, look at this, as, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were what? Eating, drinking, being married, being given in marriage. Until when? Until the day. Not the year, but the day that Noah entered into the ark. And look at verse 35 and 39. And did not know, underline that, and did not know until the flood came and took them away. Now watch this. So also will the coming of the Son, man, son of Man be. Verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Which one do you want to be? Two women will be grinding at the mill. Well, there ain't no grit mill anymore, so let's just say they'll be standing at the kitchen washing dishes. Two women will be gathered at the kitchen sink washing dishes. One will be taken, the other will be left washing and drying. Verse 42, watch therefore, underline that. We need to be watchful. Not watching like watching out there, watching how you're living. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, then he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, look at this, you also be ready. Ready for what, Pastor? Everybody say the rapture. The phrase be ready in the Greek means to prepare. It means to adjust. It means make adjustments in your lifestyle. In other words, Jesus is saying when his disciples uh, uh, see these things taking place on the earth, they better be making the adjustments in their lifestyle and making it a priority to be ready. Why? Look at this. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. You're not going to expect it to happen. Amen. There's some people say he's going to come at night when most people are sleeping. Except for the people's in the bars and partying all the time. Then all of a sudden, they're going to walk out. And next day, they're going to get ready to go to church. Ain't nobody going to be there but them. I mean, you know, drinkers go to church. Amen. Drunkards go to church. I know I were one. Amen. Better be making adjustments. Because we don't know what hour he's coming. The New Living Translation in verse 44 says this. It says, you must be ready at all times. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. And it's like that on the earth right now, my brothers and sisters. People aren't really expecting Jesus' return. Maybe some, in the, maybe some of us in the body of Christ are. But most Christians aren't waking up daily 
thinking, well, this could be the day the Lord comes. I better make sure my life's right. I better spend more time with him this morning instead of going on about my business, doing the things I normally do. We can live our lives like Jesus isn't coming back for a thousand years. But our heart better believe he's coming back today. I'm not talking about living in sin. There's, I, I, I'm going to give them to you in the future, but there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that says those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. When God says it, you can put an exclamation point on it. Amen. Now, there is forgiveness, and we all know that. Hallelujah. In other words, every Christian ought to be living their life with a consciousness that Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. And he's coming really, really soon. They ought to live their life in a manner that brings glory to God. Amen. That brings God honor. Amen. Are you honoring the Lord with your life? Is your life bringing glory to God every day? Amen. We can live that way, guys. Yeah. We just got to choose to. That when he looks upon our lives, that he sees us ready to go. And when that trump sounds, and he raptures his church off of this planet, praise God, we're, we're not here anymore. Everybody say, I'm out of here. We ought to live our lives ready to go. I did not say we need to live our lives perfect. I said we need to live ready. That means getting your heart right and making a conscious effort to put off your old sinful nature and put on the nature of Almighty God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. That nature. And everything I'm telling you right now is wrote, written in the book of Ephesians that we put off our old man. We put on our new man. Amen. That we... Line our lives up with that book that's sitting in your lap right now. Mm-hmm. In some of our laps. Some of us are still on the coffee table. Who can tell me what the Bible stands for? Well, you listen to this church. Amen. I got a chirping going on out there. Because you know. It's your basic instructions before what? Leaving earth. Amen? Hallelujah. And let me say this. If you don't follow the instructions, I mean, you know it ain't going to turn out right. So if you don't follow, you can can know the instructions. You can come every Sunday and hear the instructions. But if you don't follow the instructions, do you know what? You may not be leaving this earth. In the first load. Amen. At least not in the rapture. I hope you're hearing me. We have to live ready. It's no longer a joke. It's no longer something we can just put off until tomorrow. Because we're not promised tomorrow. Amen. Everybody say, I'm doing it today. Hallelujah. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, 
what will be the sign of his coming, the first thing he told him, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived into thinking you have all the time in the world. So I'll just do it tomorrow. My son told me of a young man that went to school with him one time. He's just, my son was just boiling over with tears saying, Dad, I don't know if he had time. But he wasn't living his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and he hit a tree. Killed him instantly. He said, Dad, I just prayed that he had time to ask God to forgive him. Amen. See, most people think they got all the time in the world. But we don't. Amen. Don't be deceived into believing you can live like the world and still be covered by grace. Titus said that <clears throat> grace doesn't give you a license to sin more. God's grace should be motivating you to get out of sin. Grace should make you want to get closer to God, not see how far you can get away from him and still make it in. Amen. But a lot of Christians, none of them in here watching by live stream this morning, but a lot of Christians, they live their life on the fence. They're double-minded, and they think God can't see them because the pastor can't see them or their husband can't see them or their wife can't see them. Let me tell you something. God sees everything, and he's got a book on you. He's keeping track because if you don't make it, listen to me, if you don't make it and then you don't take, if you take the mark in the, in the, in the, in the seven-year tribulation and you end up your rear end being at the great white throne judgment, you're going to be wanting to know, I'm a good person. God, why am I been in hell for a thousand years? And why am I on this side? I should be over there with Jesus. And he's going to open the books. And he's going to put your life before you. And you're going to see everything that you did. All those little secrets. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that you anybody in here has them. But there are Christians that walk around with secrets. Thinking they're secret from God just because the pastor can't see them. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know what I'm saying is true. Amen. You got friends that because they know you're a Christian, they act different around you. Amen. How many of you got a friend that does that? I've had friends say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that in front of you. But they still live like hell the rest of the time. Amen. But they're a good person. Well, I tell you what, this is hitting home. I, I, I feel it in my spirit that many, many in here are getting it. And that you're going to give a, it's going to give you new life to start telling your family the truth. Amen. It's going to give you a boldness to tell those folks you hang out with that may not be living for God. Hey, guys, God loves you, but he, his word says certain things. Amen? Hallelujah. We got to live prepared. We have to live prepared. Hmm. Hallelujah. Grace does not cover you 
or cover your sin if you continue in it. Amen. Grace is a time period, guys. It's not an overcoat. Amen. And your grace is running out when that trumpet sounds. Grace is no more for you. Now, it'll still be around because the Holy Ghost will still be around. So God's grace will still be here because there's people in the tribulation that will get saved. Matter of fact, Amen. the Bible says there's going to be millions get saved in the tribulation. You know why? Because as soon as that trumpet sounds and they see people, first of all, they're going to see the dead in Christ rise first. <laughs> I hope he gives us just a glimpse of that before he takes us up in the air. I'd love to see that. Hey, Dad, I'll be there in a minute. Hallelujah. No, Christians should be living ready, not getting ready. <clears throat> Jesus says, you know not the day or the hour, but you do know what's coming. So live ready. Noah lived ready. How many of you know that? God warned him what was coming. And for a hundred years, <laughs> for a hundred years, Noah lived his life in obedience to God's word. Amen. You know what he was doing? He was building his way of escape. He was building his way of escape for him and his family. Then one day, God said, today's the day, Noah. Get your family into the ark. Get them in the boat, Noah. Then the Bible says God shut the door. When God shuts something, it can't be opened again until God opens it. It says God shut the door and judgment came. Didn't say it was on its way. It came immediately. Hebrews 9, 27 says it's appointed by man to die but once and then the judgment. Amen. Pastor, do you really believe God would kill all those people? No, I don't. Because the Bible says they chose a lifestyle that caused them to perish. My brother and sister, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be on the day of Jesus' return. He said, we'll be eating and drinking. We'll be giving in marriage. We'll be building families. That everything will be life as usual. Until that day. Everybody say that day. that day. Listen to me, church. One day, you'll be living life as usual. And then suddenly, hallelujah, you'll hear a trumpet. And then immediately, you're going to be standing with Jesus in heaven. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. My point I'm wanting to try to make is this. Is that day is coming. And honestly, most people are living their life unaware. They don't have a clue. Unless we tell them. We've got to tell people, guys. Amen? We've got to tell people that, that they need to be aware that it's coming. If the rapture took place right now, listen to me, most people aren't looking for it. Therefore, most people, not all people, but most people aren't ready for it. And really, this would be an ideal time for Jesus to come. Because he said, I'm going to come when you least expect it. But we hope he holds on just a little while longer, right? 
We got family to talk to. We got children to talk to, aunts, uncles and aunts to talk to. So, Pastor, how do we live ready? Look at Matthew 25. One or two pages over to the right. Matthew 25, verse 1, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, underline that, and five were foolish, underline that. There's only two categories of people on this planet, guys, the wise and the foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. Hmm. But the wise took oil in their vessel with their lamps. Notice they were prepared. Not getting prepared, but they were prepared. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, remember I told you he might come as a thief in the night. But at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go on out and meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. That's happened to a lot of people in the body of Christ, Christ today. Their lamps going out. Because they're not having the fresh oil of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Amen. But the wise answered saying, Sorry. No, that's not what they said. They said, no. Lest there should be not enough for us and you. Uh, for us and you. But go rather to those who sell. And buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy Look at this. The bridegroom came. You see, they weren't ready. So now they're trying to go out and get ready. That's where a lot of Christians are right now. They're waiting until they hear the trumpet. Oh, man, i got to get ready. What was that scripture pastor gave me again? Too late, guys. Too late. Five of them were wise and ready for the bridegroom. Five of them we're foolish, and we're not ready. Well, we'll do that later. We'll get, oil, we'll get our oil later. We'll get our life straightened out later. But today, we want to live our life our way. Look at this, verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him. Underline that. Those who were ready... Everybody say, those who were ready, those who were ready, went in with him to the wedding. Now watch this, look at the door. And the door was shut. Verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came uh, also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, talking through the door, not opening the door. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Underline that in your Bible. 
He says to the foolish, I do not know you. You're not ready. You wasn't ready for me. You did nothing to prepare to get me, get ready for me. See lie. So the ones that were ready went in, and the ones who were not ready were shut out. Now, the ones that were shut out, did they know the bridegroom was coming at some time or another? Yes. Every Christian that's even been in Sunday school knows that Jesus is coming sometime. Did they have an opportunity to prepare for his coming? Yes. So the only difference between them and the ones that went in with the bridegroom is that they didn't take the news of his coming seriously until it was too late. My brothers and sisters, are you taking what I'm teaching you today seriously? Are you just going to put it off as another great teaching by Pastor John? And go out of here and keep living your life the way you've been living it. Are you taking what I'm preaching seriously? Like Jesus could come at any moment? Are you like the five foolish that thought, well, we'll just wait. I mean, we have plenty of time. Why spend money on all that oil? Why waste my time getting oil when I really don't even know if he's coming or not? I mean, I've been hearing for years he's coming. Look at this in verse 14. And listen, just so you all know, I'm not saying that those who were shut out went to hell. Okay? He's, he's likening the ten virgins, the wise virgins and the, and the foolish virgins, and, and being shut in or brought in or shut out as the rapture. Okay? Everybody know that? All right. Look at this in verse 14. I'm just saying they won't be raptured. If you're foolish, you will not be raptured because you won't be ready. Now, we're talking about being ready, living ready for Jesus' return, not getting ready, but living ready. Verse number 16, it says, Then he said to them, then he said to him, and this is Jesus speaking, it's another whole story. Then he said to him, A, a certain man gave a great supper. And invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to the, I like that supper time, it's not dinner, it's supper, amen? And he sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. In other words, call them on in, boys. The marriage supper is ready. Look at verse six, uh, number 18. But they all, with one accord, began to make what? Oh, my gosh. Make excuses. This is where most people in the world are today. This is where a lot of Christians are today. Making excuses. They make excuses why, uh, why the things of God aren't a priority in their life. Well, I got a job. I got this. I got that. I got all this to do. They put God on the back burner. Let's continue. Verse number 16, the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. In other words, I just bought this new piece of this new acreage, Pastor. I'd be there on Sunday, but, you know, the only time 
I can really look at that land on Sundays. You know, yeah, I got other things to do. On, well, I, it, yeah, 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 I know, but I got other things to do on Monday through Saturday. So that's the only time I can go to look at that land is on Sunday. Getting off God, quiet in God's house. Amen. In other words, I'm going to do this instead. Verse 19, and another said, I have uh, bought five yoke of oxen. In other words, that was their means of working back then. In other words, I got a job. And listen, I know people have to work on Sundays. But if you ain't working, you better be in the house of God. Should have got more than one amen there. Amen. I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. So I ask you to be have me excused. Okay, you're excused. I'll shut the door. Still another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Really? Where, is, where in God's word does it say your relationship with your wife is more important than your relationship with God? Seek ye first the kingdom of your wife and being in right standing with her, happy wife is a happy life. Or seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then he'll give you a good wife. Amen. Yeah, Pastor, but you don't understand. My, my wife really likes a big choir. She likes the praise and worship. She's not here to, she don't want to hear you preach about how she needs to change her life. So really, I think we're just going to go to that other church. Because they got a bigger choir. They got more lights, more whistles. They even have a smoke machine. And my wife loves to be entertained. That'd be funny if it wasn't pathetic. God is supposed to be number one. Matter of fact, where does it say that any relationship takes priority over God? Well, I'd love to be with you, Lord. But we got this family barbecue we're going to be going to this weekend. And particularly this Sunday. It's amazing how people don't barbecue on Saturdays anymore. It's always on Sunday. I love we with you, Lord. But little Susie has dance recital. Or little Johnny has a baseball game. Or Sunday between 10.30 and noon... It's my usual time to walk the dog. And then after that, I've got to watch the football game. Matter of fact, I may even have a football game to go to, but just show you how much I love you, Lord, I'll take a sign that says John 3.16 on it. And hold it up every time I see the camera looking at me. Hmm. Excuses. People who put God on the back burner are absolutely full of excuses. Look at verse 21. 
So the servant came and reported these things to the master, to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the, and the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to his servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Compelling people to come in, that's what you and I should be doing right now. Amen? Amen. You know, spreading the good news, inviting people to come into the church and get a little word so it gets them ready to dine at the master's table. The word compelled in the Greek has a little bit stronger meaning. It means to constrain them, to necessitate or convince people with the changing facts and circumstances of the day. How many th know that the things are changing quite rapidly on this planet? In other words, we take what we know, what you're hearing today, and what you know to be the truth, you take the things that Jesus, Jesus has showed us in these scriptures and we compel people to accept their invitation and come on in. Why? Because not accepting, listen to me now, because not accepting their invitation carries with it dire consequences. Look at verse 24. This grieves my spirit. But we can't choose the people. Amen. For I say to you that none of these men, you can just write slash women, none of these men who were invited shall taste my supper. My brothers and sisters, all men and all women have an end of invitation to dine at the table with the king of kings. But in order to redeem their invitation at the door, they must live ready. Are you with me? Now, for all those out there, there ain't nobody in here, but for all those out there, for all those out there thinking, well, Pastor, life is good. I'm having a lot of fun right now, so there really is no need for me to rush into this Jesus thing. Turn over to Second Peter chapter number 3. Listen. If you're thinking you can change your lifestyle tomorrow or start living for Jesus tomorrow, you need to look at verse 10. 2 Peter 3, verse 10. There is no tomorrow, guys. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Underline that. Coming in the night time. Or as a thief in the night. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. How many of you knew that? How many of you know it now? Well, if everything you're working for is going to be burned up. Shouldn't you give yourself a little bit different priority? 
Amen. How many of you know if God says it, it happens? Verse 11. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Okay, don't. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? Look at this. In holy conduct and godliness. He's saying if you know that all these things are going to happen, if you know the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, if you know Jesus is coming without any warning, then what kind of person should you be? Hmm. The Amplified in verse 11 says this, Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of us or each of you to be in the meanwhile? In other words, how should each of us be living? Watch this. In consecrated and holy behavior and devout. That means sold out. And devout and godly qualities. Listen. That's the kind of person that Jesus commands you to be. That's the kind of person he commands. He don't ask. He don't make suggestions. He commands us to be that way. Amen. That's the kind of person that he's described in these scriptures as living ready for his return. They may not be living perfect in their flesh, but they have a heart, listen to me, that's consecrated, dedicated, and sold out to the things of God. Remember the message that God gave me in the beginning of the year? He said this. He said, this would be a year of consecration, of dedication. Y'all really going to love this one. Of correction. And then divine acceleration. Consecration means you've made a conscious decision to come out of the world and be you separate. Consecration means that you're no longer going to live like a carnal, fleshly churchgoer, but that you're actually going to dedicate yourself to God. It also means you're going to allow God's word to speak correction into your life and then be willing to make adjustments to his word. Amen. No matter how much it hurts. No matter how much you don't want to, you better make the adjustments. Are you with me? In closing, let me reemphasize that living a consecrated life does not mean you have to live a perfect life. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. But here's the difference. When we do, the consecrated person will ask God for forgiveness immediately. And then they'll get up and they'll keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I truly believe that God has been positioning his church, or better yet, positioning his people 
the people of Hill Country Cowboy Church. He's been positioning you and I to usher in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that this present uh, generation that we see right now, the one living today, will not pass away before his return. I also believe that God has shown all who read this Bible that a trumpet will sound and he will rapture or catch away his church. And the scriptures today have made it quite clear that only those who are living ready, not those who are going to get ready, but those who are living ready will make the trip. Amen? So, I don't know about you, but I'm living ready. Tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, but I'm living ready. Let's all stand together. Praise God. All for quiet in God's house. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Your word. Everybody say that. Your word. It's changing me from the inside out. Your Bible says, I'll know the truth, and even though it makes me mad at first, it will set me free. In Jesus' name. Guys, you got to believe the Word of God is here to help you. Yes, it's here to correct us. We're here to get us in line. But praise God. I don't I, I already told everybody this. If you've seen that show Left Behind, I'm not going to be that black preacher standing there going, <laughs> they're all gone and I'm still here. I'm, not gonna, I'm also not going to be that preacher that don't preach the word and when half the congregation, because remember, it's a 50-50 deal. Y'all remember that, the virgins? 50-50. I'm not going to be that preacher that the 50% that's left behind is sitting in the churches just warming pews, checking the box off every Sunday, and then they get left behind because they're not really living for the God Almighty. I'm not going to be that preacher they're going to come looking for. Amen. They're going to have blood in their eyes saying, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us of what's coming? I'm not going to be that preacher, and you ain't going to be here either. Amen. There's only two classes of people on this earth. Those who are ready and those who are not ready. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, even those watching my live stream right now this morning, if you're sitting under the sound of my voice and you know that you're not ready, but you want to be ready, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to slip your hand up put it right back down if you're under the sound of my voice and you don't know if you're ready or not I'm going to tell you you aren't if you don't know it for a fact then you ain't ready so I want you to slip your hand up thirdly for those who may be listening to me that say well pastor I used to be ready but I kind of fell away but from this day forward, I want to live ready. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. With every head raised and every eye open. 
The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, part of the, the first thing every Christian has to do, every person has to do to be ready, to get ready. That's all you have to do, to get ready. Now, to live ready, we'll, that's another subject. Amen? But to get ready, Romans 10, 9 says this, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved is another word of saying you're ready. Amen? So with, uh, let's repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for me and rose again. And because he did rise, I can have life. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. And I ask you and commit to you my life for you to be my Lord. Show me in your word what I need to change. And I'll make the adjustments. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a good clap offering. Praise God. I know I've kept you a little bit long today, but that's just the Holy Ghost. Got a complaint box. There's a Holy Ghost complaint box back in the fellowship hall. When you find it, let me know. Last thing we want to say this morning is like we say every service, uh, that we serve a miracle working God. And all you have to do is get in line for your miracle. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.